right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined once again by NBA betting expert, Kyle McKenzie Rivers, in the house. Kenzie and myself will go ahead. We'll cover the NBA Saturday card. We'll cover some hot topics in the NBA and we'll release our NBA contest picks in the pregame.com forum known as the Saturday Five. If you guys don't know what that is, stay tuned. Mackenzie and I will go ahead. We'll explain that shortly, but you can go ahead and pick up 55 pregame bulk dollars. Mackenzie, uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to give out our best bets here, but I do want to go ahead. I want to ask you something here. NBA right now is probably going to end up taking center stage rather quickly over the next few weeks. The NBA trade deadline is nearing where we got left, maybe like three weeks left. So how about this, Mac? You put your GM hat on quickly, and I want you to go ahead and think of a trade that that's actually logical, that, that, that maybe could probably happen. And give me a team not named Boston that if they make this particular trade, they instantly become an immediate title contender. February 9th. So, yep, we're about three weeks away. Um it's funny we were talking. We were looking at the title odds in pre-production right before the show, and uh, it's wide open. Like some a favorite could be the sixth favorite, and I wouldn't blink an eye. I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets, and recently Kevin Durant uh, threw reports, or maybe he said it to out loud, but he said he imagines that they want a power forward and they want to trade, and he says that uh, right before he got hurt as probably the most important defensive player for the first time in his life on a team. I don't think he wants to be that uh, man in the middle throughout. You know, four rounds of the playoffs, so they're lucky enough, good enough to get that far. Question is, how do you get there? What's available, and how do you get there? I feel like Vucevic out of Chicago is available, and he's not, you know, the best defensive power for. He doesn't necessarily solve the Nets' problem, but what the Nets do well is they space the floor, and they shoot the most jump shots, they make the most jump shots. I feel like if Chicago, and people have kind of soured on this notion that Chicago should blow it up, I think going 42 and 40 instead of 38 and 40 is no uh, no no reason to have a parade down Grant Street. I'm still in in team blow it up for Chicago. I think Vucevic for uh, maybe Joe Harris. Maybe you know you, you lose a guard, gain a forward type of situation. Maybe throw in some draft capital. I feel like they're open to move Ben Simmons. I know with his contract it'd be difficult, and that wouldn't necessarily be part of this deal. But uh, yeah, I think the Nets are, are are one move away. I could see that happening. All right. I didn't think about that name, but that roster would actually be quite scary. You know, you can't leave everything on the KD defensively, but give credit where credit's due. KD was balling out there on the defensive end, a lot of rebounds, things like that. So we'll see. So let's go ahead. Let's jump into some of these games there, Mac. Um, Let's start out with your game here. Uh, We're going to go ahead. We're going to go through the Saturday card, and this is an early start time there. Uh, We have the Milwaukee Bucks. They'll be on the road here at the Miami Heat. Current line in this game right now, Miami Heat minus one. No total for this game. Mac, you have some thoughts. What are you thinking? The line shocks me, and then I think about it more, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much right. The line is saying the Heat are a little bit worse than the Bucks. The Heat, a team that many imagined wouldn't make the playoffs a couple weeks ago versus the Bucks, who are still a couple weeks ago and to this day the second favorite by the pregame consensus odds to win the NBA title. And I can't justify that. I mean, I know they may have the best player in the league, but nothing about the last couple of years' performance, and I do am a big believer in bringing preseason expectations into what we currently think about the NBA, and definitely nothing about this season's performance justifies that. So the Milwaukee Bucks on the season, 12th best team by garbage time adjusted net rating. If you look at the team's past 30 days versus year-to-date, only the Suns have a bigger differential, and the Suns lost Evan Booker. They've been falling off a cliff 
the Bucks are right there. The Bucks are over the last 30 days, the 24th best team in the league. And this is kind of the story we've seen from other teams, playoff teams, uh, getting into gear. I don't see it. I don't see anything changing. I see them getting worse. And I kind of talked about this on last podcast, but the heat are the opposite. I do see it. Uh, there was a game where they had to rest Kyle Lowry against the Thunder. They had to let the rest a uh, hero at a bio was out and they win by one. Jimmy Butler does everything. And they got a lot of free throws in that game, an amazing amount. They shot 40 for 40. But just the ability to bring in guys like Struess, bring in guys like Vincent and have them perform on a high level, that's how they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. It wasn't raw talent. It was maximizing. And that's what I think they're doing again. Last 30 days, they're seventh uh, right now in the league. Last 30 days, and they're the second best team comparing their year-to-date numbers to their last 30 days. So two teams literally moving in the opposite direction, um, charted out. I'm not necessarily sure that means you got to bet the Heat here because I think this is a statement game for both teams. For the Heat, if you're able to sweep the Bucks, team that you met twice in the playoffs in the last couple of years, uh, that says a lot. That says a lot about where your team is right now. For the Bucks, they've kind of flown under the radar with a, you know beating teams by a point and a half. This is a team that used to beat teams by seven, eight points per game. Same roster, same coach. Nobody's really talking about it. In fact, you look at the title odds, like I said, seven to one, second favorite. People are just giving them a pass. They're shrugging it off. That changes if they lose this game for the second time in a row to Miami. Uh, For all those reasons, feels to me like this is a playoff type game, playoff atmosphere, and uh, also an early start time. Nothing hits more than early start time playoff games going under, but both playoff time, playoff games and early start times are subsets of unders. So that gears me into looking at it for this game. However, total isn't up yet. So the last game, this game was set at 212, and Giannis didn't play that game. I feel like Giannis coming back probably helps defensively more than it does offensively. However, I don't think the public or necessarily the betting market is going to react that. So I expect the same total, maybe a point higher, maybe 213. I think it should be lower. And if it does come out higher around the same, I'm going to be betting firing under heat bucks under 213 212 all right good stuff there from mac mac let me ask you this question because it kind of sticks out to me like a sore thumb here so you're talking about the bucks and they're what number two in the title odds number three somewhere in that area i want you to tell me a team right now that that you think is at their pinnacle like the, like this like let's just say like over the next five six seven months they're going to be at their pinnacle and then tell me a team that sticks out like a sore thumb that was at one time at their pinnacle, and they are clearly on the decline. I'll take the first one first. I'll take the second one first, rather. The Suns are clearly on the decline. Uh, We have a good Pacific ticket. We were saying anybody but the Suns is going to win that. I think not making the playoffs is, is clearly something that could happen. And here's what makes me think that. When Steph Curry came back, Suns sat Chris Paul, line dropped, and they win that game. Win that game easily. Blow going away. 125-113. Then Chris Paul comes back and they get blown out by the Nuggets. I don't think he's a helpful player at this point. I feel like they have, you know, B-level players that are able to show up, but it was a well-oiled machine last year where the first option with Devin Booker, the second option with Paul and Ayton, it was a perfectly constructed food chain that I just think is completely the Lions are out. Get what you can. Cameron Payne, do the best you can. Because I, I feel like uh, this current construction doesn't make sense, and they're getting worse, not better. 
Um, like I said, last 30 days, uh, worst team in the league versus their year-to-date numbers. I think the Nuggets are peaking right now. I feel like the Nuggets have the right balance with Jokic doing everything, but not too much at the same time. And uh, they're 9-1. to They've surged from 20-1 to to start the season. Not sure if 9-1 to is good value, but talking about playing as well, I'm expecting them to continue to play as well as uh, near their peak potential. The Denver Nuggets fit that bill. All right. Well, the team I was looking for was the Milwaukee Bucks as far as a team that that peaked. Um, I, I go to go back to when they won the title and, you know, when, when Giannis took down KD. And I felt like during, you know, that period of time that that team, that that was their peak. Oh, I thought you were talking about like in season who's peaked. Uh, if you're talking about like where they are, you know, in their franchise history. Yeah. It's, it's scary that they're not close to how good they were a couple of years ago with the same team. Right. And I think it sticks out kind of like a sore thumb and the team that I think is peaking right now is the Boston Celtics. Like, I think you could look at that team and just be like, damn man, like, no you know, they got that experience and things like that, but that's what worries me about this Bucks team. And it's just, you know, Hey, look, you know what? They're a good basketball team, but at some point, in time, I think this happens to you know a, a lot of the good teams and teams that are you know looking to make a run. They're gonna hit a hit a peak at some point, and then they're gonna end up blowing it up at some point. So uh, that's just my concern for Milwaukee. That if this team was actually you know the second third favorite, I think they would be looking better and we would be feeling better about them. But I can only see a decline, and I I, I feel like it's it's just it's just nothing but a decline right now when I look at their basketball team. So and. RJ talks about that timber movement, like the moment in the summer where people realize the Eagles are better than the Cowboys, more likely to win the division. It hasn't happened yet with the Bucks. Like I said, no one's really talking about them as a decline team, a disappointing team. They actually somehow have a 55% ATS record, even though their ATS margin is terrible. That's why I think this game is so important. This is a timber moment. People are really going to raise their, raise their eyebrows and say, what the hell is going on if they can't at least – you know, put in a, a top end effort. Like the Heat can shoot the lights out and win a game at home. No one would be surprised by that. But if the Bucks aren't the Bucks, the, we, the way we've expected them to be defensively, it's a big red flag. And I, I feel like they do show up. I'm not that optimistic that it's going to last, but I feel like this is a game they put their foot in the sand and, and make a statement. All right. Well, I'm not sure which side I would take on that one. I kind of lean to Miami a little bit here, just being the fact that they're at home. That's kind of where I fall with that. Um, but we could talk a little bit about Miami here in a little bit, but let's go, let's stay in the Eastern conference here. Uh, before I get to my game, we'll talk about the Cavs and we'll talk about the T-Wolves. I do want to talk about a season wager here, McKenzie, that I was looking at and I said, you know what, let me, let me ask McKenzie what he thinks on this one. So I'm looking at the 76ers season win total currently right now, uh, at FanDuel, it's at 49 and a half. I kind of lean to the under here with this one and Here's my reason. Philadelphia has the most road games left of any team in the league. And the 76ers, uh, the one thing that, they, that they've done really well is they played well on their home floor. But that record has actually gotten worse over the last two years. And they're probably going to finish this year, potentially, with maybe one of the worst home records that they've had, uh, you know, going back to, you know, when they were actually, you know, going through the process. The games left for them versus tanking teams out of their like final 41 games, they only have like five, six, maybe seven at, at best. Like I'm talking like bad bottom feeder type teams. So I do worry where, you know, where Philly's going to end up finishing. Now they have 25 wins on the year, 41 games left. So they're going to have to knock out 
Now, they're going to have to knock out a good number of wins. I mean, you're looking at at least 25 wins over the next 41. And I worry that that the road is going to catch up with them. Not necessarily the teams on the schedule, but I think the road is going to catch up with them at some point. And the East, the East is going to get a little bit more competitive. Like, we're seeing all these players rest. And it doesn't seem like Philly is, you know, kind of resting these players. Like, you know, they've had, you know, their issues with, you know, Maxi and Harden and guys like that going down and things like that. But I, I kind of lean right now to the under 49 and a half. I'm not sure if you agree with that, but I do have my concerns right now for Philly, you know, at least getting over that number. I'm not saying they can't finish, you know, two, three, four in the East, but I think getting to 50 wins right now might be a little bit of a struggle. So I'm not sure if you put any thought into that or what you think about Philly right now, but those are some of the concerns that I have. Well, I have thought about it, and you make some good points. I've thought about it because I have uh, I have skin in the game. Uh, one of my preseason uh, bets and uh, plays for clients was two-star Philadelphia 76ers over 50-and-a-half. And I was thinking this team won 51 games last year. Tyrese Maxey's 22 years old. He's going to take that leap from uh, good player, solid player, to probably – Right there with James Harden as the second best player on this team, an all-star caliber player. And then they started off, what, one in five? Doc Rivers was going to get fired. The fact that they battled back and they're pretty much right where their expectations were, maybe just a, a game below it, uh, give, gives me hope. But the schedule concerns you bring up does make a lot of sense because really it's like having gold in your pocket, having games left against you know the Rockets and teams that we know are going to be tanking. They don't have as many as many freebies, and that's really going to, I think, probably put a drag on them. Looking at their stats, Embiid's just as good as he was last year, not in the MVP conversation because, you know, the Sixers have disappointed. James Harden, though, you know, he's shooting 44%. He has 11 assists per game. After his terrible playoff run, that gives me hope that they can be, uh, you know, consistently good. Since he's been back from injury, he's been fine. Tyrese Maxey only shooting 40% since he came back from injury in late December. Um, you know, maybe that's just some rust he can warm, warm off. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I can't explain to you why the Sixers have underperformed so far, really, except for their terrible start. Um, you know, maybe there was some, I know you can't even say it's chemistry. This team was there for, for last March. So I, I don't know my handicap from the beginning of the season that this team should be better than last year still seems solid to me, but they haven't performed as well as, as last year. And the schedule does seem to be getting tougher. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm, I'm not double dipping. I'm not telling anybody to go buy it, uh, go buy in now and invest your money now. Uh, you know, it's wait and see for me on the Sixers. And I'm, I'm just, you know, hopeful my ticket's going to cash at the end of the year. But another part of my handicap, which I still think is true and why I still would lean over, this is the biggest season in Doc Rivers' career in a minute. I mean, this is a big juncture. This is the biggest season in Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, title odds, does the process work? You know, it hasn't really been talked about as much as the Celtics or the Nets this year, but this is a make it or break it season writ large. And that, I think, at the end of the year, uh, you know, might earn a win or two where they're just going a little bit harder than other teams. One of the things I think that Philly's struggling with right now is their, is their bench. Montres Harrell has been a huge disappointment. Probably, you know, the the best free agent signing uh in the summer, really, or at least the most anticipated as far as how much money he earned and, you know, what he's done in the past. Hasn't done anything. Six points per game, uh, not going to cut it. Maybe Philly's a team, McKenzie, like we were just talking about, that could use, you know, another piece somewhere. Maybe their bench could actually use a little bit of help. Maybe that's kind of where they go because, you know, when you get into the playoffs, I mean, I understand, like, your rotation shortens up, but 
Like right now, like who's Philly's like six man off the bench? I, I, I honestly don't I don't think they even have one right now. I guess it's Milton, Shake Milton, but um Tobias Harris is probably a guy that's he has a lot of money, so a lot of contracts can fit into him. If you take him and split him into two or three parts, might make sense where they are right now. And I don't think that that would be a bad thing for Philly. Like I like Tobias and stuff like that. But when you have Maxi Harden and Embiid, it's like what more do you need? You know, like you need to if if your bench, I think their bench right now is like third or fourth worst scoring in in the league. Help their bench out a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. But I do have my concerns for Philly. I thought they would have been much stronger. Like I was definitely pro Philly going into the year. But PJ Tucker, you know, you probably bring up the right point. It's the bench. They got in two big signings that everyone said was a slam dunk deal. Harrell, Montrez Harrell, former six man of the year. P.J. Tucker, you know, a dog, a, a guy that's been in the league for 20 years. No one would be surprised if he's in it for five more until 44. Both of them, you know, probably a three out of 10 in terms of what you expected coming into the season. And that probably is the heart of why they've underperformed so far. We'll see. We'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, let me go ahead and jump into my game. You got the Cavaliers minus three, and we have no total on this game. Mac, this is pretty easy for me. Right now, there's some rumors swirling that D'Angelo Russell might actually find his way out of town come trade deadline. And Anthony Edwards not healthy. We already know that Cat's not on the roster. But I like the Cavs here. Uh, they're going to be on a, on a on a single game here, no back-to-backs. And Minnesota, uh, as I just mentioned, they're playing tonight. So for me, it, it's, it's a pretty easy handicap. Like this Cleveland team, they're going to cause a lot of teams a lot of issues because they can cover – pretty much all five spots with, I don't want to say an all-star player, but I mean, this team's loaded with a lot of all-star type of talent. If Jared Allen's healthy, he exited uh, in the last game. He only played like seven minutes. That sucked for me because I I liked Cleveland quite a bit in that game, but uh, he, rumors are he's going to be back. He's going to be back and healthy. I think he can give Gobert all he can handle. And between Garland and Mitchell, I just don't know if the Timberwolves can go ahead and keep up scoring especially if Russell is, you know, kind of in a, in a weird mental place and if Anthony Edwards isn't exactly healthy. So I like the Cavs laying the three points, regardless of what happens with the Timberwolves as that game enters the fourth quarter right now. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll take the Cavaliers. I like them quite a bit. I think this line probably goes up uh, a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Cavs uh, to go ahead and beat the Timberwolves here on Saturday. Yeah, road favorites this time of year, the last few years, January and February, have excelled. And I think it's kind of this situation where, yeah, the Timberwolves are disappointed, Cavs are impressed, but, you know, they're pretty close teams. They're not, maybe. This might be a title contender versus, a, you know, the worst team in the West. I think they're going to separate themselves. Darius Garland, Zach Lowe, made a great point, the ESPN analyst. People kind of talk about Darius Garland like he's not Donovan Mitchell. He's didn't really have that second, third year that we expected. He's not a superstar. He didn't make the all-star team. Or it doesn't look like he's going to make it. Winning is what we care about, right? When Mitchell's off the floor, Darius Garland is off the floor, on the floor. Cavs are still six points better than their competition. As hot as Mitchell has been shooting the ball, he deserves MVP consideration, You know, maybe sixth, seventh consideration, but some consideration. Darius Garland has not taken a step back. He's not scoring as much, you know, in this new offense, but he's still excelling, running the show, beating average teams. Um, and that's what I think we have here. Uh, whether whether Mitchell's hot or not, whether Darius Harlan's hot or not, they just have too much talent. I agree with the pick. All right, cool. I dig it. Thank you. Appreciate that one. Uh, hopefully that one will cash. But now it's time for everybody's favorite time of the podcast, and that's NBA Jeopardy with Mackenzie Rivers. I try each and every week to stump this guy. If you guys know, he is the stat guru. 
Um, I don't know what my record is, Mac. I think maybe I got you on like two of these questions over like the last probably 20. So I'm going to do, I'm going to try here. Now it's funny because you just mentioned Mitchell and you mentioned Booker. So I have a question here, two questions for you that involve these players. So here's how this goes. Uh, I asked Mackenzie Rivers a question. If he gets it right, he can go ahead and wager on double jeopardy. Now he's got pregame bulk dollars in his account. That's what we'll be using. So, Mackenzie, I'm going to go ahead and start out NBA Jeopardy with this question. Only two active NBA players have 70-point games to their credit. Who are those two players? Uh, it's an easy one. Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. All right. So, I kind of gave you the answer already because I screwed that up. So I would have known that one, though. I, I, I would take that one in my sleep. Come on, man. Mitchell Mitchell had the biggest game of the season, and uh, All right. Devin Booker versus the Celtics, I, re- I remember that one well. A meaningless fourth quarter where he scored like 40. It was crazy. All right, so we'll go ahead. We'll give him a, a winner on that one. Now, for Double Jeopardy, Mac, this is a true and false question. You love these. Oh, yeah. How much of your pregame bulk dollars do you want to risk? Kent, I'm going to risk it all. All right, so Mackenzie going to go ahead and make this one a true daily double. Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker do not have 60-point games in their NBA career, true or false? So that would mean they had 50 and they had 70, but no 60. That is true. I'm going to say that's true. Maybe Devin Booker had 58 earlier this season. Did Mitchell have 60 at any point? He might have had 60. I know he didn't have 63. He might have had like 60, I think. But I'm going to say it's false. I'm going to say it's true that they have zero 60-point games. All right. You are uh, you are right again there, Mac. Very nice. Very nice. So you get 100 pregame bulk dollars added on top of your 100 pregame bulk dollars to go ahead and buy any pick package that you want over there at pregame.com. All right. So, Mac, let me throw a quick one here at you. Now, this is you. You can. I'm not going to say that this is a right or a wrong answer, but just in your opinion, out of the 70 point games between Mitchell and Booker, which one do you think was more impressive? It's not close. Donovan Mitchell's was more impressive. They won the game. However, uh, no one would have known about Mitchell's great, you know, 56 performance if they would have called the, you know, free throw line violation that was very apparent, and you didn't have that big overtime. So, scoring 71 in 48 minutes plus an overtime is arguably less impressive. But I'm going to come back to it. Winning is the most important thing. Kobe Bryant scored 81 because he had to come back and beat the Raptors. If he was up by four, if he was up by 30, he would have just stopped because, uh, you know, stats are great, but they're only in in service of a reason. And uh, Mitchell clearly won the game. All right. Um, I was going to push back on you on that, but you made a pretty damn good case there. <laughs> Here's why I kind of thought Booker is that he took less shots, he made less threes, and he didn't need overtime to get to 70. I mean, maybe he had a better, more impressive shooting performance, but as far as, far as a total basketball game, I'll give it to Mitchell. All right, so we'll be on opposite sides of that. I'll take, I'll take Booker, you got Mitchell. But as I said, nobody had the right or wrong answer with that one. Uh, before we go ahead and jump into our uh, – you know what, Mac, let's, let's talk – something here where we, we actually haven't gotten into much of this this entire season and that's talking about teams against the spread record so here's what we'll do mac i go i want to go ahead i want you to go ahead and i want you to buy a team against a spread that has a bad ats record and tell me 
why we should be betting on that team going forward. And then I want you to go ahead and tell me a team that has a good ATS record that we're going to go ahead and look to fade. Dallas Mavericks have the worst ATS record in the league. Um, and they arguably didn't have that much changeover. However, I think there's an exception here. Losing Jalen Brunson, who had so much of the ball, especially when Luka was out, especially when they needed uh, a spark right before the playoffs, he really became part of that identity of that team. The fact that they still have an above 500 straight-up record, there's still no one's panicking, no one's making major moves. It's just more of the same, Jason Kidd implementing his system. I feel like this is the kind of time of year uh, where the Mavericks turn it around. And the, Luka Doncic is as, in, as good as his stats have been to start the year this year. His best statistical months by far have been January, February in his career. I've always thought needs a little time to get in full game shape, really understand what he's doing out there. Uh, I expect um, I don't expect them to have the worst ATS record in the league by the end of the year. Uh, by the way, there should be a rule. If you do have the worst ATS record in the league, you can't be MVP. That's just, nope, false. You know, the, it's a filter. So I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to end up there. The Hawks are right there. The Miami, Minnesota's also been bad ATS. Those teams probably have systemic problems. The Mavericks, I think, I think they're going to turn it around pretty quick. All right, so let me ask you this, and it's, I guess this is a, a question that we've had with, you know, maybe like Tom Brady or LeBron James. Is, is there a Luka tax? Is, this, is that one of the reasons why, you know, that, that this is the case, you know, that they're the worst ATS team in the league? For sure. And the Lakers have been one of the worst ATS teams in the league this year and the last five years because there is that Lakers tax. It's funny, when they played each other, uh, it was like, Books wanted you to bet both of them. Uh, I do think there's a Luka tax. Uh, however, um, market usually adjusts. And I think the market will be adjusting, taking away that premium uh, while they play better and actually deserve that premium. So that's a good point. There's, it's going to be very hard to make money long term betting on the most popular players in the league. You can do it. You got to pick your spots, though, because there's always going to be more public betters on your side, meaning you don't want to be on that side necessarily all the time. All right. Um, Dallas is certainly a team that I would consider, but I would actually take the team that's right above them uh, with the second worst ATS margin. And that's that's the Miami Heat. I actually think that that team that there is an attacks attached to them like it would be with Luca. But I think Miami's going to make some hay here. I think that they finally got their roster. I mean. Don't forget about like what happened with Miami. I mean, this was one of the sickest teams, most injured teams in the league. I mean, they, they were calling up guys from even before the G League. I, I don't even know what league that is, the Elite League. That team was absolutely decimated. So I think record looks bad, and their ATS margin, is, is, in, in my opinion, is, is kind of getting hit in a negative light here with that. But I think Miami will bounce back here and actually – make us some money later on. Now let's go ahead and look at some of the teams up the top, you know, with some good ATS margins. Uh, well, go ahead and give me a team there, Mac, that you think ATS-wise is a team that we probably don't want anything to do with right now or going ahead. This one might surprise you. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder have a 62% ATS record. They're the only team the last two seasons to be above 60%. However, you remember last year, they were about this record, about 500 amazing people. SGA was you know, making that step, that's like 2.0 this year. Not only are they still impressing people, they have an even better record. SGA is like an MVP candidate putting up 30, and they beat the Sixers by 30. They were like, you want to play your style? We want to play our style. We're in Philly. We don't care. We're playing our style. We're implementing it. 250 points scored in the game. However, give, coach, give the coach credit. Give SGA credit. This has been like clockwork, and maybe it's a little bit early to be thinking about it. The Thunder are. 
the Thunder have stopped playing their best players each and every post-All-Star break the last two years. They have a ton of draft capital. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't think NBA, I don't think professionals tank, lose on purpose in any coach, player, in any sport, really. However, there's other strings that can be pulled, and I'm not going to have the the rug swept under me, taken under me again. Uh, I have a buyer beware sign with the red-hot Oklahoma City Thunder. They just seem to fall off each and every time around this time of year. All right. um, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm kind of pro-Thunder right now, and I think that it's been – I don't want to say a seismic shift with this team, but this team right now, currently, they're only one game out of the play-in. This is a, a spot. That Everything they- about them is impressive. Everything about them statistically is impressive. I'm just saying the same case was – it was also true last year, and I kind of held on too long. So maybe it's not a, a sell sign, but it's a buyer beware sign for me on the Thunder. All right. I mean, I look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to to argue that, that, that you have good points, but – I actually think that this team is actually gunning to try to make the playoffs. And this is a team that I think that the books are actually making money on because this team has been so bad for so long. Um, people have just been betting betting against Oklahoma City Thunder. And maybe they don't maybe they haven't really checked their records there, Mac, you know, over the last, you know, couple of years, but I think that this team more than likely is just being looked at as just a, a, a bad basketball team, but I get a feeling like this is just a different a different feel type. This is just a different feeling uh, with, with me with the Thunder right now. I actually think that they are trying to win games and that the books are actually happy going ahead and making money on this team um, each and every night. You're definitely right about that. The only way you can be 65% ATS for two years in a row is because the books aren't being punished for putting the lines where they are. So you're, you're right about that. No one likes to bet on the Thunder. Uh, maybe they should. The team I would sell would probably be the Pacers, and a lot of that is due to I feel like that that team is overachieved. But without Halliburton, um, I, I don't know how that team covers games, let alone wins games. So um, that might be the team that I would go ahead and consider fading. But, again, it's a, it's a bottom feeder type team. I think that, you know, the, the books are going to be less likely to go ahead and, and, and adjust those teams, you know, a whole hell of a lot because I don't think a lot of people are betting on them. But. That would be one team, maybe maybe Philly. You know, like I said, it's going to be a tough a tough road for them. Um, the team that shocks me here is Milwaukee Bucks. Mentioned it earlier. Yeah. How are they fifty five percent ATS when they're arguably the most disappointing team? It goes to show you, winning by a half point, winning by two points, you know, being a nine point favorite and winning by ten, it means very little when we're judging, we're qualifying your performance. What really matters is the margin. We really want to add up the margins. You look at their ATS margin almost negative three. So far below expectations, one of the worst in the league. So that that's a dichotomy I think you can make money on. When people are saying, oh, they're a really good ATS team, look at the margin because it really doesn't matter how good they are ATS. How good are they actually versus expectation? All right. Well, there's some teams that you guys can go ahead and maybe look to uh, go ahead and back or fade. Uh, let's jump over to our next area here, Mac, and we have our coupon code. Our coupon code is going to be star 20. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners what they can save over there at pregame.com? Yes, promo code STAR20, S-T-A-R-2-0. And, you know, it's the start of a new year. It's also, um, I don't know why it's called STAR, because we're stars. We're all stars, but it's S-T-A-R-20. You want to go to pregame.com? We have an all-star selection of handicappers. In my opinion, the best set of handicappers in the world. NFL playoffs just started, you might have heard. The Hitman's making NFL props. 
Fezzik's got a teaser or two that I think is going to hit almost every time. A lot of action out there. I'm positive units on the NBA this season, coming back from a little bit of a hole. Uh, up 64 units last season. Was really happy about that. Right here on pregame.com. Uh, try us out. You know, save 20%. Try us out for a week, a single package, a month, whatever you like. And if the analysis and the picks make the game more interesting and more profitable, then it's a win-win-win situation because you know you're watching these games. You know you're betting these games. Go to pregame.com and, you know, get a little boost. Save 20% make some money while you're doing it. STAR20 is a coupon code, star two zero. All right, so here's the thing, Mac, is I have to come up with these coupon codes. So we sit down on Tuesday, and I got to come up with straight out of Vegas codes, DreamPod, NBA, soccer, all that stuff like that. And at some point, I start running out of ideas, and I'm like, well, you know, what can we use? And it's like, hey, you know, star 20, win 20, pass 20. Well, let me ask the artist himself, what out of what divine inspiration did this coupon code STA S-T-A-R-2-0, Star 20. What made you think of Star 20? I have no idea. <laughs> just one of those things. The muse came down. It just felt right. I was like, I, I, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the All-Star break, and I was like, Star 20. There we go. There go. So, But like Max said, you know, with we got the NFL playoffs coming up. This isn't just for the NBA. Actually, what the coupon codes are for is they're for each individual podcast so we can track, you know, if we're going ahead and we're getting our people who are listening to our podcast to go in the pregame and, and go ahead and buy some picks. So go to pregame, buy picks, use code STAR20, and the playoff packages that are up right now at pregame, you guys could easily save 20%. So go over there, do that. Um, you guys are going to get a lot of good information right now. This is like if you ask professional handicappers when they probably do the best, it's around this time of year when all the work throughout all the regular season comes together and they can un- and and you don't have to question motivation. You don't have to worry about – Oh, is this guy going to suit up and give you 100%? It's the playoffs. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's giving you 100%. But now you can kind of trust the numbers a little bit more. And in my opinion, I think the pros do so much better at this time of the year. So go to pregame, pick the pick up a playoff package, and save 20% using code STAR20. All right, Max, so with all that out of the way, uh, we still got best bets. We got our Saturday 5 and our agreed-upon player prop bet. When we go ahead and do some best bets, I'll let you go ahead and rip and run first. Best bet, what do you got? We talked about this team. We kind of landed on opposite sides of this team. I like the Philadelphia 76ers laying four and a half at the Utah Jazz. A couple of reasons here. Some have mentioned. One, road favorites generally do very well, at least since 2016 in February. In January, I think this is a time where, you know, a lot of things going on. Holidays happen. Football season's going on. I'm not sure if the home crowd is as raucous to start the year or definitely when the games really matter in March and coming into the playoffs. So I think it's kind of a lull spot. And I also think this is a time where teams that have had success, like the Cavs, like the Sixers to some degree, even though they've you know expected more success, they've congealed into a unit um, that's difficult to beat on a night-in-on-night-out basis. The question becomes, okay, yes, they've congealed. We know who's the good teams. You know, they've separated from the pack. Motivation, injury spots. There's all types of reasons why better teams can lose in the NBA. Here's why I don't think that applies here. Last time the Sixers were out, they got embarrassed. Embarrassed. Run off the gym, especially in the fourth quarter versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder played their style the entire game. Embiid had 30, but it was never a half-court game he was never able to impose his will um 
And Harden and Maxi were outscored by Shea Gilgis Alexander, pretty much. I mean, combined, they didn't do as good as a guard that I think they imagined to be as good as. That's why this is a moment you got to you got to back the Sixers here, in my opinion. Here's another reason. Yes, they got embarrassed against the Thunder. Yes, I think they're going to bounce back because they you know have pride as professionals. Yes, I think this is the type of year good teams exert their influence. They also play in the Jazz, a team that wants to play like the Thunder, a team especially at home that wants to get up and down, wants to put up 130. Even more motivation for Doc Rivers to use, even more time in the video room that Doc Rivers can say, hey, we just let this happen. If we want to do what we want to do in the playoffs and beyond, we are a real contender. Can't happen again. Can't happen two nights in a row or heads will roll. Max motivation against a team uh, that I think another 55% ATS team that I don't think is much better than we came in to the year thinking. I think they're still, you know, 30, 35 win team. Uh, despite their success, despite them surprising a lot of people. For those reasons, I really like the Sixers here, laying four and a half. Um, big game for Embiid expected going into Utah. Uh, I feel like this is an under game too, maybe correlated, like I'm saying. They're going to play their style. They're going to you know, cut off the, the Jazz's outlet opportunities, in my opinion. So uh, lean to the under, but I like the Philadelphia 76ers laying four and a half. All right, Mac. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to agree with your best bet. I'm, I'm with you with that one. So I'm not going to go ahead and try to get too cute here. But yeah, Philly laying the four points is, is certainly the way I would go. So 76 are going to start out their West Coast road trip here, and it's going to be in Utah. And I like the fact that they don't have to go like Utah, Denver. And I like the fact that, you know, and this is just me. I like going ahead and trying to play East Coast teams when they make this West Coast trip on the first game of that West Coast road trip. That's just something that I personally like to do. And the Jazz are going to be on a back-to-back here. And, look, they're probably going to get pushed to the wire against Orlando. Now, Philly, they're going to be on a back-to-back too, but they got to play against the Lakers. And I feel like that they can go out and they can push their horses. They can get, you know, all their guys to go ahead and play a full game against Utah because they're not terribly concerned about the Lakers right now. The Lakers are shorthanded. Maybe if they had a little bit of a tougher matchup, maybe if it was like, you know, how they, we got to play the Warriors – then maybe they look to go ahead and sit and beat a little bit, sit hard and, you know, get those guys rested up a little bit for the next game. But I don't feel like the Lakers put really any fear um, in this Philadelphia team. So I think the 76ers coming here going, hey, you know what? We got a long West Coast road trip. It's going to be, you know, four or five games. I think they come out of the gate looking to go ahead and stomp somebody early. And that's all the all the factors that you mentioned, uh, very important. But, you know, one of the things with this Utah team, um, they, they've actually been pretty good going ahead and rebounding the basketball. And I think that they'll have a little bit of trouble here, probably, you know, dealing with Embiid. So uh, I like the 76ers here. I think, you know, as we were talking, you know, liking them under for the year, uh, you know, their their season win under, uh, you're on the opposite side. But, yeah, this is a game where I think that they go and they, they really get after because after getting beat by Oklahoma City, you know, at home, um, they, they got to be salty. So I'm with you. We'll go ahead. We'll make our, our best bet. Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday, minus the four points. Uh, so why don't we do the Saturday five there, Mac? We, we kind of took a, uh, an angle with this one. So so here's our angle, and we've been unable to go ahead and knock one of these out. And, and here's how this contest works. So what you guys are going to do, you're going to go to pregame.com. At the top of the forum, you guys will see a pin thread there. It's going to say Saturday five contest. And what you'll do is you'll enter five players, and if your five players combine have the highest score, you will go ahead, you'll get 55 pregame bulk dollars added to your account. As I said before, you guys can go ahead, you can pick up any package there 
uh, at pregame and use that $55. But what Mac and I are going to do here, we're going to go ahead. We're going to pick five guys that are not on a back-to-back. And if you guys look at the look at the card for Saturday, um, there's going to be a lot of teams and a lot of players that are going to be on back-to-backs. But these five will not. And as we were talking a little bit, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start out our five here with Donovan Mitchell, a name that we've mentioned more than a few times on this podcast. Mac, you got any uh, any reasons why we should definitely have Mitchell in here? I think it's just because just because he's a baller. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup for Mitchell. One, D'Angelo Russell often wants to be traded, rarely plays defense, so I don't know if he's going to be uh, have his head on a swivel. And Anthony Edwards, he's been banged up recently. Also, you know, a young player, not a guy on the wing that I'm particularly scared of from a defensive standpoint. Uh, so, yeah, good opportunity for Mitchell to continue to put up 30. Uh, that's why he makes our five. All right, so we'll go ahead. We'll play that. We'll put we'll put Mitchell in there. Uh, next one's going to be John Morant. I don't think that there's really much of an argument he's going to be going to be all by himself in this game, I think. I think he's going to have a massive game here. So so Luca and Steph were the two guards leading the All-Star voting. Uh, we talked about an SFAM. Was there one guy? Was there anybody that's pissed? I think John Morant considers himself in that class, and he's kind of had um, a little bit less pub than he did last year. So, you know, easy way to make a statement in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if he went out there, Mac, and tried to put up some crazy score. He's going to play the Pacers. Pacers don't play any defense. And the Pacers are going to be on the back-to-back. I wouldn't be surprised if Jaws like, I'm not coming out of the game. I'm just, I just want to go and put up some massive, crazy point total. So good point from you from there. And, uh, yeah, I think we got to have John Morant in there. I'm not sure, Mac, but I'm thinking off the top of my head, like a lot of the winning a lot of the winning teams, to, you know, when we do these contests, John Morant's in, like, almost all of them. He is. It's him and SGA every week. And we don't have SGA, so he, he's been our go-to. So we, we can't throw him in there. But – uh, we could throw Tatum in there. I, I think Tatum is probably certainly a good pick. What do you think? No Jalen Brown. Going to probably score 30. He's scoring 31 right now. I'm expecting him to score like 33 until Jalen Brown comes back. So that's pretty useful in, in our portfolio here. All right. So we got Tatum. We got John Morant. We got Donovan Mitchell. Uh, here's the next one. Pascal Siakam. Uh, he's coming off of a 35-point game, and he's also going to go ahead. He's going to play at home against the Atlanta Hawks who are currently on a back-to-back. In Atlanta, they had a little bit of a barn burner. They ended up getting a two-point win there uh, against those Pacers. So I like Siakam. Uh, I think, you know, at times this guy just – he goes out and he just shoots like crazy. And even though he had 35 in the last game there, Mac, he didn't take a ton of shots. So, you know, his uh, his shot selection has actually been, I guess, quite quite good. But he's been getting to the free throw line a ton. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take uh, Siakam rested. I think he probably has a pretty big game. Don't mind it at all. All right. And then the final one, this one might be a little bit of a risk, but we do want to keep with our theme here, playing guys that are not on a back-to-back end. We'll go ahead. We'll throw LaMelo Ball in there. I know at times that guy can uh, – he could let us down, and I think he's actually let us down once – actually once already this year doing this, Mac. But, again, not on a back-to-back, coming off of a 32-point game. And I feel like LaMelo is kind of coming into his uh, – coming into his own here. So I think we I think maybe we go ahead, we use him, stick to our theme, and uh I don't know, maybe we could ride ourselves to a victory here. Yeah, another guy that's had a pretty quiet season for you know a young up and coming player. There's just so many guys standing out right now. Uh LaMelo Ball, 25 points per game in December. But in January, putting up 25 still and 10 assists, just doing it on all sides. Uh no Jalen Brown. Maybe Marcus Smart has uh you know too much to worry about with all the guards that the Hornets have. 
giving the ball a little bit more opportunity. I think the Jalen Brown uh, departure from this lineup actually might make this game you know, a little bit closer. So maybe LaMelo and Tatum won't get sat. So maybe we'll end up with like a, you know, favorable advantage there with both of those guys. All right. So with that out of the way, let's get to the final part of the podcast. This is the one that everybody really likes. And that's our agreed upon player prop. Mac, you and I are going to do something that, that we haven't done. I don't think ever. And we're going to go ahead. We're going to play Bam Adebayo to go ahead and record a double double. And you can get that at minus 130 right now on DraftKings. Now, Mac, I went ahead. I sent you some stats. And I was looking at this and I'm like, uh, like, it's kind of tough to pull a prop out for everybody on Saturday because they only have a couple for one particular game. And, and that is the, the Heat and Bucks game. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to pick one from here or just guess, which we're pretty good at guessing. But I'm looking at this prop and I'm like, you know what? This actually might might not be that bad. He's hit this double-double three times in a row against the Bucks, And I think with a quick turnaround that – Bam's going to say, okay, here's what worked, here's what didn't, and and I think he'll be all right. So, Bam, to go ahead and get a double-double, what do you think? I like it here. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, this to me is a big game. This this is a pivotal game for both teams. Playoff-like atmosphere is what I'm expecting, and i also expecting a lot of misses, which we generally see with early start times. Bam has gotten a double-double four out of his last five games against the Bucs, uh, including the last three. I expect him to continue that. So, only lane 130, I like the play. All right, so that'll be our agreed-upon player prop. Bam out of bio to record a double-double. Yes, at minus 130. Well, that'll wrap up the podcast there, guys. Make sure you guys go ahead, like, subscribe. Make sure you guys follow us uh, on RJ Bell's Dream Podcast. You guys could always find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. Make sure you guys go ahead and use that coupon code STAR20. That is S-T-A-R-20 at pregame.com. Save 20% on any package that you guys like. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Saturday. Enjoy the games.